is this game more likely to be a 28-14 game? Sure. Yeah. And that's just because that is what both teams want to do. We know what Georgia wants to do. We absolutely know what Georgia wants to do. And frankly, that's exactly what Missouri wants to do. What's up, Georgia football fans? My name is Scott Duvall, and you're listening to episode 206 of the Waiting Since Last Saturday podcast. I'm joined today by my two co-hosts, Will Leach and Tony Waller. And the three of us, we recorded this episode at the Hotel Indigo, located at 500 College Avenue in downtown Athens. And we have a special giveaway to announce to where you can win a complimentary night's stay at the Hotel Indigo in Athens. More on that in a minute. But first, the 7-1 Dogs return to Sanford Stadium this week to face off against the 5-3 Missouri Tigers. Lucky for us fans, it's not a noon kickoff and there is no rain in the forecast. It will be cold, but isn't that the preferred football weather anyway? In this episode, we start off with a look at the unfolding college football playoff picture, where Georgia currently stands, and what dominoes need to fall for certain scenarios to play out. Of course, we also get into our Georgia-Missouri preview part, jump into some Georgia basketball as that season starts this week, and we also run through some buy or sell, trivia, and our college pick'em contest. And before we begin, let me share a few quick details on the complimentary night stay at Hotel Indigo. It's an Instagram giveaway, and the ways to enter will be listed on the photo that we post for this episode. But the qualifier is... You must follow both Waiting Since Last Saturday podcast, that's at WSLS Podcast, and the Hotel Indigo of Athens. Their handle is at Indigo Athens. You've got to follow both of the Instagram accounts in order to be counted for the entries that you might get. I'll give a full rundown on the ways to enter during the outro of this episode. So without any further delay, hope you enjoy the show, and here's episode 206. How's it going, everybody? Georgia won. No, that sounds made up. I'm, I've been convinced that Georgia did not win. Why so? Um, <laughs> so was it because they only won by seven? They only won by seven. It was an uninspiring win. I don't know if you knew this, but Georgia never was in control of that game, which, you know, if you're going to eye test Georgia because of how they looked against Kentucky, you can eye test this game and see Georgia control this game the whole time. The most impressive part is... If you had told me Florida gets the ball back with 10 minutes, they're going to drive down and score a touchdown and then not touch the football again. The only way I would have seen that happening is if there were turnovers or something. I mean, Florida did help that out by having an incredibly slow touchdown drive. That was like a seven-minute drive. 17 plays. (laughs) But but there is also a defense on the other side. Of course, of course, of course. That made them, put them in multiple. And if they tried to get big chunks, they might not have gotten... Anything, anything, right? right. <laughs> um, so so yeah. I think there's a middle ground. I do think there's a middle ground yeah. between between uh, Georgia. Uh, it was an unimpressive win, which I think is clearly wrong. But also Georgia is back, and everything is great now, which I also do not believe to be. And I, I, I don't. That's yet to be proven. That, right. That's possible, but that assumes facts not necessarily currently in evidence. I'm glad you brought that up because one of the things that I have struggled with is. <sighs> One of the things I've struggled with is how should we view Georgia right now, right? We, we, the three of us all agree, the reasonable view at the beginning of the season is Georgia should win the SEC East, play in the SEC Championship, and be competitive in that game, right? And and it remains to be seen whether, at this point, it looks like we will play in the SEC East, Mm -hmm. although that remains to be seen, and we'll talk about Missouri in a little bit. But if you were to just simply get on, you were to listen to random talk radio or podcast or get on the SPN, you know, it would seem like that even if Georgia wins SEC, 
they might not get in the playoffs, which I think is crazy. But, you know, no one's talking about Oklahoma in that way. It's almost assumed if Oklahoma wins the Big 12 or a one-loss Utah or Oregon wins the Pac-12, they're going to be considered for the playoff. To be fair, I think part of the reason for that is, is considered more likely that those teams are going to win their conferences than Georgia is going to win theirs. And maybe that's true. Yeah. Maybe that's true. I think but that's why you're Is that where you get the percentage of still only being like 15%? Yeah, I think that's why. Yeah. I think yeah. that's why. It's because, frankly, it's not as hard for Oregon or Utah to go undefeated the rest of the way as it is for Yeah, Georgia. one of the two of them probably will. Yeah. Right? And I get that. But I, don't, and I, it's, but I will say it is hard to imagine a scenario where – uh, Oregon or Utah, whoever ends up going undefeated out of that, gets in over a Georgia team that wins out. And and that's exactly where I was going. Look, on December the what seventh? Sure, there's going to be multiple quarterfinal games. This is my opinion. At least the Pac-12 champ- championship will be. Probably the Big Ten championship will be. It may even be that the SEC championship will be. It's funny. My wife and I had this conversation earlier. What happens if Georgia goes and wins with one loss? They, they go beat Alabama or LSU. Pick whichever one. Do you leave Georgia out for Alabama or LSU? <laughs> Do you, you know who has the easiest path is probably the loser of Alabama LSU this weekend. Maybe, maybe not. But, I mean, look, the landscape has changed substantially over the past two, three weeks, right? I think the landscape has changed super substantially. On the first hand... It looked like it was four or five teams. Georgia was including that list before the South Carolina game. I mean, now we're having serious, legit conversations about Utah and Oregon, Baylor and Oklahoma. But I think they are doing that because they don't think Georgia's going to win the SEC. No, 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 no. I'm not. But Georgia's in the conversation. That's what I'm saying. Oh yeah, they're Georgia's in, the in this conversation. Yeah. I just think the reason that Oregon, those guys are getting played up so much, is the presumption. What they're really saying is. Is the winner of the Pac-12? Are they getting in against whoever loses this Alabama LSU game? Right. I think that's the question, <clears throat> and and they're and they're going under the idea that, that Georgia is either not going to win the SEC championship game or will have another loss before the SEC championship game, which is Possible. absolutely yeah. on the table. Absolutely, and so I that's why I think I think that there is an understanding, in my opinion, that if Georgia wins out, they will get in. I just don't think anyone thinks they're going to win out. And frankly, I have yet to see a lot of things that make me think they're going to either. That's not to say that we should not be very excited by the fact they beat Florida. I think they can beat Auburn. This doesn't look like a year that Auburn beats Georgia. You don't think that home field Jordan-Hare advantage will kick in like it did two years ago? Maybe, but I mean, that team had other stuff going on too. That that team was better. Even when they were wobbly a little bit early, by the time they got to that Georgia game, they were rolling. Yeah, They had decent quarterback play for one. So uh, and so, I think I think Auburn will eventually have decent quarterback play, but not yet. Knicks isn't there yet. So to me, and listen, that doesn't mean that Georgia's going to win that game, but I do think that Georgia will be favored and should be favored. I don't think, however, that Georgia has shown me a lot yet to think that they can beat Alabama or LSU. And to be fair, we thought the same thing last year, and they right. darn near did. And yep. what it, what it will take was Rodrigo had three field goals. He was actually special teams player of the week. If maybe one at least one, maybe two of those drives end in touchdowns, that's what you're saying could be the difference right there. It's, it's also worth noting, too, here's, here's a thought process question. Let's say Rodrigo hits the field goal against South Carolina, and they come back and they win that game. It's ugly. We're all worried. But, whew, they survived. Here's your question. Where's Georgia ranked right now? 
like same where, spot it is now. I yeah. mean, probably, <laughs> <laughs> like right? Like um, the prob- I think I, I think we'd be above Penn State. Uh, maybe, but Penn State wins this week against another undefeated team, and Georgia looks. Frankly, the way it's looked over the last two <laughs> yeah. or three weeks, uh, I, I have to say that, like, maybe, maybe they're ahead of Penn State, but that's the point, right? It's like basically they're in the exact same situation that they are right now. And I think the question is us, as people that watch Georgia and follow them very closely, what do we think this team is? I think you, uh, um, Tony, were like the first one previewing the Notre Dame game, not this year's, but the one at Notre Dame two years ago, where like even if they lose this game, every, all of their goals are still on the table. Yeah. And I feel like that comes up all the time yeah. because basically what, that's another way of saying they've not been eliminated from winning the national championship yet. Uh, however, you lose this week, and we'll, uh, we'll eventually get to Missouri, I promise, but you lose this week or you lose to Auburn, then you're not making it to the playoff, even if you win the SEC. And what would be interesting if that happens, if Georgia wins the SEC as a two-loss team, what happens to LSU and Alabama? Especially if the loser of the SEC championship game is you know, now think, an 11 and one I think in that situation, Alabama. the loser of LSU-Alabama gets in. Yeah, that'd be But amazing. I'll be honest with you, if uh, Georgia loses another game the rest of the way, I think Alabama and LSU is going to paste them. <laughs> and I, true. And I think, true. That, I think that is what we're talking about here mm-hmm. is uh, right now, listen, we spent a lot of this. I remember the piece I, I will eventually be writing for WSLSpodcast.com oh, awesome. at some point. Uh, I, I do one a year. I always do one a year, and I'll do one this year. But remember the one last year was before the SC Championship game. And you remember what it was about? It was about, hey, everybody, why are you so down on Georgia? Like the ticket prices were lower. A lot of people that had made the trip the year before the SC Championship game weren't going. There's this general vibe of this team just isn't going to do it. And I'll be honest, I think this team right now is doesn't look as sharp as that team did last year. They look better. Uh, but that team last year wiped out Florida. <laughs> this team did not wipe out Florida. I think Florida is better. But more to the point is that, like, on one hand, you can say I feel like Georgia's not actually looked – they don't look like a playoff team. They look like a good team. They don't look to me yet – I really, at any point this year, like a playoff team. But I don't really think they looked a lot like a playoff team last year until they worked their way up and got to the SEC championship game and then absolutely looked like one. So the, the fact that all, uh, I think you have to separate how they've looked so far. And, and when, you, when you do the, all their goals are still on the table, you have to separate how they've looked so far, which to me is not like a playoff team, but also what they've done in the past, which has worked themselves up to a playoff team. That's that thing we talked about, the, the hitting the, the turbo button. Either the turbo is going to kick in or it's not going to kick in. But it is to their good fortune that they've hung around long enough to where it still matters. You're talking about the mushrooms in Mario Kart? No, I'm talking about, you know, like or the, the yeah. star. Sure. Yeah. 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 You know what they need? They need that uh, lightning bolt where it shrinks everybody else and then you can run over yeah. them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I play a lot of Mario Kart with yeah. my kids. Yeah, so I, I'm, I'm thinking more of like you know, like one of those one of those games. Like even when you go to the arcade and you're on the motorcycle, yeah. and you like just Spy hit the Hunter. And, Spy Hunter is a good <laughs> yes. one. Yeah, yeah, Spy Hunter is a good example. That's a lot of but then you a lot of people born after 1980 won't yeah. even know what that is. Yeah. But um, anyway, so that that's the thing is it, it, they should be praised for still, frankly, a team that I don't really think has played that great. Uh, to still be in this situation. And I think a team that's still searching for something and has not necessarily found it yet, not to say that they're a bad team, no one is saying they're a bad team, but they've not found that kick that makes you feel like, okay, this team is really serious and really, really good. But the fact that they are still in a situation where they can make it to the playoff while still having not found that thing, I think speaks uh, pretty well. Put it this way, Penn State's a heck of a lot more excited. But their fans are like, 
This is our year, man. And I don't know if Georgia fans feel that way, but they're basically in the same situation. Slash Google Penn State coach slash still James Franklin slash it's about to go down. Yeah. Yeah. And who do they play? At Minnesota. Row the damn boat. Row the boat. You want to talk about two coaches? Oh, God. I can't even. I just, you don't like P.J. Fleck? F- no. I don't like P.J. He is. Sorry, I mean to yell. In the, I yeah. did mean to yell. But <laughs> God, he's, he is just like. <laughs> Buttons oh, just popped off of God. Scott's shirt wow. after, after that scream in his ear. Ugh. Yeah, I, I also don't like P.J. Fleck. He is um, super Don Johnson in 10 Cup. I mean, yeah. just yeah. all smile, all yeah. flash, Rod- all words. Uh, Roger Dorn from. Uh, uh, Roger from, Dorn, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Roger Dorn. Yeah. yeah. So what happens if Minnesota runs the table and Baylor runs the table? And Clemson runs the table. Did they win their conferences? Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, it's Ohio State. I mean, yeah, yeah okay. they get in. Yeah. Okay. Same with Baylor. I mean, yeah. Baylor has to face Oklahoma at least twice, at least once, and probably twice. I mean, honestly, in a lot of ways, if you are, um, uh, I would think that if you are uh, in this national championship game, you kind of want, um, like, think about, like, if you're, if we're, we're trying to figure out who's going to make it, who's going to not. Penn State's still going to play Ohio State. Yeah. Before the Big yeah. Ten championship yeah. game. Minnesota does not. Minnesota, if they win this week, is probably going undefeated until the Big Ten Championship game. I do not think they are a serious playoff contender, but weird things happen in one football game. The idea that, like, if I would say that, I know it's probably silly because Minnesota's probably not going to do this, but if Minnesota wins this weekend, that puts them in a situation where if they win the Big Ten Championship game, they're in. Oh, Where, yeah. Whereas, whereas if they lose this weekend, they're still going to make the Big Ten Championship game, but if they win, they're not in. I know it's probably silly because they're probably not going to beat Ohio State, but if you're looking for the little things on the margin one way or the other, I think you probably root for Penn State this weekend. Look, if you want anarchy, let's just say you're a college football, random college football fan. You want anarchy. You want Georgia to keep winning. You want Minnesota to win. You want Baylor to win. Because are you going to keep out an undefeated Big Ten champion and Big 12 champion over a one-loss SEC Non-champion? At that point, let's assume Georgia wins out and those two teams went out. Okay. Who gets in? Georgia, Baylor, or Minnesota? I think all three get in. No, but Clemson's in. I think Clemson gets in. Clemson's in? Yeah. And... You get Clemson, Baylor, and Georgia's the four seed. Because Georgia wins the SEC. Yeah. Yeah, Georgia plays Clemson in Alabama. (laughs) I mean, in Atlanta. And Alabama and LSU get left out. Now, is there a possibility that Alabama and LSU, one of the two of them, still get in? I mean, who are you, you going to put in? Loser SEC championship game? I mean, maybe. Yeah, yeah I guess. I, don't know. I, I, I do not think that we have yet to see them not put in an undefeated power five, five team. team. That's right. They just have, and I, it's and hard to imagine I think, they would. That's why I think Baylor and and Minnesota would go. So fascinating. But, but, to be, but to me, the point is that like. The question is, do you think Baylor being undefeated and Minnesota being undefeated, that strikes me as unlikely? Yeah. Frankly, from what we've seen so far, almost as a little bit more unlikely, but not a ton more unlikely than Georgia running out. It went out. <laughs> I, yeah, honestly, it like comes comes full circle. Like, like to me, like I, this team is capable of it. They clearly have the talent. We have seen positives. I think we clearly understand. What a difference Cager makes! I think there's one real huge takeaway is just how how massive he is to kind of what they're doing. But I mean, you still beat Florida, not handily, but I think they they controlled the game. But they didn't wipe Florida out. They wiped Florida out last year, and maybe Florida's a little bit better. But 
you know, to me, this team, yet, anyway, I don't think it's obviously not as good as it was two years ago. And I, right now, I wouldn't say it's as good as last year's team was. Uh, but that doesn't mean they can't get there. And I think that's what they're trying to figure out. I think that's what speaks to the coaching staff generally doing a good job to keep them afloat. And again, if Rodrigo hits that field goal and they win that game, we're probably not even sweating this too much. They're like, okay, well, they can still lose in the SEC championship game and still get there. Uh, even though this, to me, still doesn't look like one of the top four teams in the country. How m- what were remind me what the spreads were over Tennessee and South Carolina? Wasn't it like twenty five or twenty four? It was a lot. Yeah, it's, it to, was. It was far more than fourteen. And to think that since Rodrigo missed that kick, we're now favored I, by less than. Yeah, I have I have some thoughts about that. I think a lot of that has to do with. Is rank. it off week? No, I, I think Missouri is dime store Georgia. They want to run the ball. <laughs> uh, they are stout on defense. You know, look. It, Kelly Bryant is their quarterback, and he's averaging 190 yards a game. Yeah. That's right. That's we weird. <laughs> That's not what we thought. We, I mean, we thought he could be a dark horse Heisman candidate, certainly SEC Player of the Year. And, um, but I think that look, I, I saw some of that. I saw that line. I thought that's a weird line. I thought about what Missouri wants to do and what Georgia wants to do. Frankly, um, is there a way that Georgia wins this game, 38 to 14? Yeah, sure. Is this game more likely to be a a twenty eight fourteen game? Sure, yeah, and that's just because that is what both teams want to do. They we we know what Georgia wants to do. We absolutely know what Georgia wants to do, and frankly, that's exactly what Missouri wants to do. And I think it's uh, strange just to think. I mean, of course they they lost that stunner at Wyoming, which you should never schedule that game in the first place. But losing at Vanderbilt Hold on for a second, yeah. Quick trivia question: What's the only team with a winning record they played? Is it Wyoming? It's Wyoming. (laughs) And they lost, like I was saying, they lost at Vanderbilt by a touchdown. And then they got their doors blown off by Kentucky, where Lynn Lynn Bowden, Bowden, Lynn Bowden, we've already discussed that. Uh, Kentucky's uh, wide receiver converted quarterback had 204 yards rushing, two touchdowns in the rain, where Georgia made him basically non-existent during their game. So Missouri only had 289 total yards and also kelly bryant was slightly injured he had a hamstring thing so you know they're limping into this third straight road game with a they had an off week last week this is not how they thought this is no no so you kind of wonder which missouri team's going to show up yeah and you're seeing a lot fewer missouri fans doing the okay we just got to get the uh we got to do the appeal to try to get us in the postseason like that was the big thing right ah screw it yeah yeah never mind we're we're okay we're kind of no yeah we got we have shakespeare's and decent (laughs) decent journalism program yes and uh and uh, and harpo's and all those wonderful places in columbia and uh but no so for me that's kind of what my general thought that it is is that like i mean what a month ago missouri was one of the games i was most concerned about oh yeah you mentioned that multiple times yeah and they've just they they've kind of fallen off in a way that uh uh, boats you have an affinity towards Missouri, don't you? No, they're crying out loud. They're close, in basketball. You're close to them from where you grew up. Uh, yeah, are you that trying Midwest to, vibe? Are you trying to provoke Will? I'm just trying to provoke. Yeah, okay. that, that's basically yeah. all Illinois I'm doing. Illinois and Missouri are not friends. <laughs> I mean, look, the through line to this is they barely beat Ole Miss, and then they went on the road to Vanderbilt and lost. Lost to Vanderbilt. They <laughs> went on the road and lost to Kentucky in embarrassing fashion. I mean, they have a 300 yards rushing to Kentucky. Um, I assume Lynn Bowden. I don't. I didn't see the stats on this game. But I assume he had 
265 of those 300 yards, right? 204 yards rushing. Yeah, I didn't 204. Get his, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, I didn't get yeah. his passing stats. He, he, why would you throw the ball? Um, <laughs> I don't think they did. Yeah. I mean, it was pouring. They had two rain games back-to-back. Yeah. So I keep coming back to, to Kentucky is absolutely – I mean, sorry, Missouri is absolutely down short Georgia. They, and they have a good defense, right? Uh, they have potentially the best defense we've faced this season, except for maybe Notre Dame. Maybe um, Florida. Uh, maybe Florida, but but still, they have a good defense. Right. But their offense has been, eh. and especially against SEC opponents, and especially against, well, they've only played one team with a winning record. And yeah, they lost to them, and yeah, they lost to them in fluky fashion, but they still lost to them. And the the other thing, this uh, similar, all those games were on the road. This game has a different vibe. I've mentioned before that my uh, friend Matt Pitzer is on the Columbia City Council, and someday will be the mayor of that town. He and his son are coming to visit this weekend. Uh, this is what he got his son for his birthday last year. So he got a chance to take him to see, I think his exact quote was, to see college football royalty, I think is what he considers <laughs> cool. going to Athens to be able to do. So he's very excited. But I've got, I've got a series of progressively uh, more frustrated texts of, boy, this game's getting a little less exciting. Okay, this game's getting a little less exciting. Okay, well, we'll still be there. <laughs> so uh, um, it is worth that. Uh, and whatever, like, to, to me, Missouri still has a lot of talent. Like, I still feel like yeah. they're a generally talented team. They just have not gotten together. But teams like that do kind of scare you a little bit because there's, there's talent there. And uh, this well, they is. They have not- Albert O. Yeah. Oh. Their big tight end. Oh. Oh. That mm. gave Georgia kind of some trouble mm. last year yeah. up in Columbia. And, uh, yeah, I mean, Missouri has actually traditionally often give Missouri, given Georgia a lot of trouble. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you I used the term plucky last year yeah. a lot when discussing yeah. that game. Yeah. Right? I mean, that game, that was a game that was like six points a half. That was uh, right? Eric Stokes coming out party. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we ended up winning by, what, 14? Right, forty three twenty nine. I think it was a weird. It was like a scoregami score. Yeah. In yeah. fact, there will be more on that later. But, oh, good. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I found my new uh, vice to talk about um, on the on the podcast. And, and the, hey, you know, uh, certainly Missouri is uh, responsible for the one Jacob Eason highlight. Uh, yeah, the, that's the right. One, yeah, but certainly the biggest one. Yeah, uh, which purple was cutler. Pretty, yeah, it was a great moment. Yeah, and uh, and re- responsible for the first loss I ever saw Georgia take in person. Wow. Yeah, that was the the Matty Mock thirteen game. That was yeah. the Michael game. Sam like eight yeah. sacks game. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, I think the the players that Georgia will be keying on um, wide receiver Jonathan Nance. He's their leading receiver. He only has three hundred seven yards. He's been targeted or actually has about nineteen receptions, three touchdowns. As I mentioned, Albert. Oh, that's what I'm going to call him. Uh, he's their big tight end that gave Georgia some fits last year. He's scored six touchdowns. He's the second leading receiver. And then uh, their running back, Larry Roundtree, he's averaging five yards a carry in their offense. Um, the problem that Missouri has run into recently is their third down efficiency, where we saw that played a key role in Georgia, Florida uh, last week. Their third down efficiency is about 38%. For what it's worth, Georgia's right around 50% for the year. You meant Albert Okawagbum. That sounds great. Okay. I was like, you kept saying Albert O, and I didn't know what we were yeah, talking about. Yeah, Albert O. I was like, is he related to... That's pretty good. Uh, Sadharo. Sadharo. That's yeah. pretty good for uh, Pierce County yeah. enunciation. Well, yeah. Public education for the win. The one thing that stands out about them is that they are... They're almost single-minded in their approach to running. I mean, they have... I mean... Larry Roundtree's had 130. Well, he's had double the rushes, essentially, as the next guy. Next guy. Um, 
this is not 1988. I mean, <laughs> this is not Barry. He's not Barry Sanders. <laughs> I mean, it's not Fred Taylor. Fred I mean, Taylor. Fred, he's not Fred Taylor. Oh right. God, it's too soon. Yeah. Um, well, I don't want to think people to think that I think this is a foregone conclusion because, you know, it, the path to losing this game is to think somehow because we beat Florida as a team, emotionally, mentally, and this team has shown some propensity to be prone to some lapses in that way. Um, they, they play better when they're the underdog. They I mean, play like, better. Well, they clearly they play act, better when they think their back's right. against the wall. Yes, yes, exactly. And they're, that's not what it is. You think that's what Kirby's still preaching this week? I would be. I don't know how you sell that, that Missouri is somehow. Well, you know, let's, 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 let's think back to some of the comments he has made through, through the season. I mean, before, was it before the South Carolina game, he was talking about, Oh, no, this defense, we're nowhere near where we need to be. Oh, he's been down on the offensive line since before the season. Yeah, yeah. Oh, supposed best offensive line. Right, look no, you guys look, 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 I don't – I work with 21 to 24-year-olds, right? And I don't ask them to go out and bash their head against other dudes the size, their size in front of 92,000 people who might do them, right? But I do ask them to go out and do things that is out of their comfort zone. That's part of my job. Um it is singularly hard at times to motivate people to do things that put them in a position to feel like they aren't being successful. So whatever string you have to pull. Mm-hmm. Now, I could make the argument that there are ways to do that without appearing so snarky or appearing so whatever it is Kirby's doing. Right, right. But the reality is, is like he's paid to win football games. And if this gets him to win football games, and the key is he's got to win football games, he can do that. Yeah. Um, and one other thing in, in the Missouri game is as a part of this, one of the things that we that you I was thinking about earlier is like also if we kick the field goal or somehow beat South Carolina, you know, we're like, look at that. Georgia had that game they always had and managed to win it. Mm-hmm. All, yeah, the things, narrative all things changes. are better. Yeah. And frankly, they're not all better. No. I don't I don't disagree with you. Do if you if you were to put a gun to my head right now, would Georgia beat whichever beats Alabama LSU? I'd say no. I'd say no. Now, we have four more games uh, to decide whether or not that's a possibility. Um, right? We get to see that. Well, this, this also speaks to the idea of like how uh, the celebration after the Florida win. If they win that South Carolina game, the Florida game is not nobody believed in us. It's that's taking right. care of business. Right. It's that's taking right. care of business. Yeah, it's probably more business trip. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's business trip rather than you know nobody believed in us. And, uh, you know, in a game where you were favored, by the way, and have won how many years in a row. And, and like, like, but again, it's all, it's all about pushing the turbo button. Like whatever gets you through the next game. And that's why this game – listen, I do not think Missouri is going to win this game. But this is, this game has a lot of trap game potential to it. What, what would you say if this game was kicking off at noon versus seven o'clock? Yeah, I think it does make a difference. I think that having a seven is better, and I think they'll be up for it more than they would be at noon. I don't think there's any question about that because this does it gives a level of importance to this game that would be easily lost if they were playing at noon. Uh, it feels like something you get up for, but but in in a lot of other circumstances, you've got at Auburn next week, which is a national television game, and it's obviously a famous uh, arrival and a uh, place you haven't won in a while. Missouri is a team that's struggling, but it also has a lot of talent. It's the type of game that if you're not careful, oh, you sure. might mess up a little bit. I do think having a night will make a difference. Yeah. So Tony, what did you see last week versus Florida offensive sets? Because we saw some new wrinkles, uh, especially that uh, play where, you know, the thing the thing that stood out in my mind was Cager's two point conversion. Um, 
uh, Cook was wide open on the flat. Yeah, he was. Because he, he, he immediately took off. I think he was in motion or something. Then also, I love that Blaylock play for the first touchdown. So what kind of – those are new wrinkles that we saw. What, what, what did you see that you hope that they continue? Well, that was the first time in a goal line situation, and I realize two-point conversion, but a goal line situation that I've seen Georgia do in the past couple of years where they have – they basically use his own blocking technique to misdirect the defense to get them moving one direction. Um, I mean, Kedrick was covered, but <laughs> yeah. you, but he had a half a step, and you give you give Nick from uh, a receiver with a half a step, he's going to make a good throw, right? I mean, so that that's the one thing we saw. The other thing we saw is, and, and frankly, I don't know how much of this is because the offensive line played so well against. Uh, Florida was it because uh, of that charge that Pittman made? Maybe, you heard about that? Maybe it was. Yeah, maybe it was. But we saw a lot more of the tight ends going out and keeping the running back in for for pass protection. Obviously, that mattered on the last play, uh, the last full play of the game. You know, the the first down to, to Wolf. But we saw that several times, mm-hmm. and frankly, that confused Florida because there were a couple times where you could see, like, you literally could see the linebackers. Should, Am I supposed to blitz here, or should yeah. I pick this guy up? And and that was the, that was like the half a step that allowed Georgia to to get some yardage in the middle. Well, and you saw um, you were calling for the play action, yeah. And then that cager where he's wide open. Yeah. If you look at the replay, that the, play the action, first play action we ran since I was seventeen. The, the linebacker bit completely on it. It wasn't even that great of a play action. It's not, it's it, it's also not just the play action though. It, that play moves really slowly. Like that's what kind of fun about that's what's fun about to watch that play. In fact, smart. I don't know if you want to follow the smart football on Twitter. Yeah, Chris yeah, Brown, who's really really smart, and he actually called that out specifically. This has become a thing that a lot of teams are doing now. Yeah, they're actually like hiking it, and everyone just kind of go slowly for a second mm. to just let the defense be a little confused. Kager in particular did yeah. a good job selling that as like. I'm not really in this play, yeah, guys. Exactly. I'm just like, okay, I'm going to run across the middle here. Yeah. And then the, the second the middle linebacker bit, he boom. took off. Right. And I think, and I, there is, that is smart play calling. Like, yeah. that is not, that, and, that, and, that, and that's that, play calling against your opponent. Yes. And that's also, again, we get so caught up in things that like, they're running up the middle again. Throw it downfield. As if that is what it's like to call a, an offensive, uh, like, offensive coordinators, like, okay, today's game plan <laughs> is to not run up the middle. <laughs> today's game plan is to throw deep. Like, these things are obviously full of an infinite number of combinations. Uh, there's actually a great video also the smart football had out this week of uh, Kirby Smart at a coaching clinic talking about how to handle uh, he did like a little presentation two and a half minute presentation on how to handle mobile quarterbacks mm-hmm. and how he's found like a new kind of format that really works for them and it's just a reminder that like listen I like to sit into this yammer into this microphone. We all like to sit and yammer into these microphones. But like the level of intricacy and detail that goes into every single one of these things is it's. I mean, I we watch a lot of football. We watch a lot of football. It is so much more complex than I think the names are, are able to be able to follow it. All yeah, ways. I think that's right. Yeah. I mean, like against Missouri, the one thing that concerns me is like they have one guy, uh, their middle linebacker, who is just. He, I mean, leads the team in tackles by double. Um, he leads the team in tackles for loss by at least two. Um, you know, you, you have to account for Nick Bolton on every play. I mean, he's just out there. He, he defends passes. He's going to be the defensive player of the game. I mean, of the, of the year. I'm sorry, in Missouri, and he is something else. And I realize, and we'll, we'll, we'll get around to doing some Derek Dooley mocking in a minute. But um, <laughs> oh, that's right. He's they, still with him, right? He is still with them. But you know, for a team that's led by a former line coach, I think it's Barry Odom. Don't 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 at me. That's if right. That's wrong. A former a former offensive line coach 
this team is really, really runs through the defense. I mean, this, I mean, Georgia and Missouri are probably the most old school SEC teams you can think of. Strong defense, good running game, pass just enough. I mean, I don't, I don't think if you've listened to me talk for the past few minutes, you, you don't think that you can't possibly imagine. I don't think that Georgia's better at both. Um, and then the one thing we didn't talk about the, again, in the Florida game, which showed up in the box score in a weird way, is we returned to punt, guys. We returned to punt. We had better field position for the first time this season. The first time this season, we had better field position through a game. Almost five yards better, which, you know, a lot of you are like, well, it was 25 to 30. I mean, speaking of smart football, yeah. I mean, Chris Brown devotes a lot of time, or he used to in the 90s, or 90s, in the, sorry, in the, in, the, in the aughts, to the concept of yeah. every yard means something, means an actual amount of points. Um, and five yards from the 25 to the 30 means a lot of points. Transition? Well, Is that a segue? Segway. Should we talk a little basketball? If we say segue, uh, are we segueing? The season starts Will, literally when Tuesday. does the season start? It starts Tuesday, Tuesday. I guess oh. Western Carolina, the Catamounts. Western Carolina, the Can you tell me? What the halftime show is for the game tomorrow? Night? It can't be Red Panda. It's too early. No, for it's not Red Panda. Are we? Is it do- quick change? Wait a minute. Are we recording a show at halftime? <laughs> not <laughs> no. yet. Someday. No. Someday. Tomorrow's halftime performance is Frisbee Dogs. Oh, Frisbee and Dogs! Who doesn't love Frisbee Dogs? Can't go. Can't go wrong with Frisbee and, Cats. And for what it's Frisbee worth, Cats don't like Frisbee Dogs. Uh, the women's basketball team tips off against Kennesaw State on Thursday at yes. seven p.m. Yes. So we got a lot of seven p.m.s. We're we're podcasting at seven p.m. on Monday. Roughly, uh, Georgia basketball <laughs> and Anthony Edwards play at 7 p.m. on Tuesday. The women play at 7 p.m. on Thursday, and the dogs' football team plays at 7 p.m. So I'm so excited we have a night game, guys. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. sorry. General season preview when it comes to Georgia basketball. Uh, yeah. Uh, Obviously, the main attraction is Anthony Edwards. Uh, I, I wrote a little piece today about the Illinois basketball teams. I write a uh, preview for them for a publication in Champaign for free because I'm just a sucker. and I'll just let, write whatever they'll let me write. The News Gazette? The sm- so-called Smile Politely. Me and Craig, Tommy Craig's do a uh, back and forth about the Illini all year. But uh, anyway, uh, I was looking at all these draft boards because I would assume who the Illinois uh, point guard is gonna probably, may have a chance to be a lottery pick. Anthony Edwards is no lower than three. Oh, yeah. And, and, and Sports Illustrated has him one. Like, to be fair, this is not a slam dunk, obvious, clear, this is your number one guy. But was Zion that Zion, before the season he was yeah. not, started? He, no, he was not that before the season. Okay. He was that after the first game, though. Sure. And after the first game, it was clear. Like, it, was, oh. it, was, it was R.J. Barrett. It was R.J. Barrett most yeah. of the season. He ended up being picked third. But like once you thought, like, oh, no, it's obvious Zion. And Zion was clearly the number one guy. So maybe we'll see that. Maybe, though Zion is more Zion like... a lot more around him. Yeah, he's a force of nature, too. Like, he's just, like, physically... Edwards is... The thing, the reason Edwards generally seems to be number one is a he's obviously very good, but b he's more uh, predictable is the wrong word, but he's projectable. He has a, he has all the things that you want. He has size, he has handle, he can shoot, he can drive. He can, he's got everything that you want in a prospect. It's not something anyone has necessarily seen on the court yet. Uh, and it's possible that someone with a lot of me- measurables explodes this year and passes him. And frankly, it would surprise me if he actually is the top overall pick next year. But he's the safe pick for that now because people know how good he is. And what's fun for me, I, you know, I went to Stegmania and already, like Tyree Crump is a senior and very well respected. When Anthony Edwards comes on the court, when he came out, everyone was just like, there's the king. 
Oh, like, really? There's the king. Like, Anthony Edwards is king of everything going on in Georgia basketball this year. And that does not mean that he's going to come in and they're going to immediately make it a tournament because he's there. But it is like it is a once-in-a-20-year stretch, at least, for, for Georgia. For a team Last like Georgia, one yeah. was uh, Jermaine Jones. Um, the thriller uh, maybe, from Camilla. Maybe KCP. KCP uh, was not this high. KCP, no, 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 I know he's yeah. not, but that's that's probably the closest thing we can. KCP to. is probably what in any normal situation would be the ceiling for a yeah. type of guy that George is going to get here. That's but right. Edwards was a unique situation be, in that in that he wanted to stay close to home. Uh, he was clearly only going to be one year, and he had he had a new coach who would, who uh, like I don't know if Mark Fox gets Anthony Edwards. I think that like I don't think he does. But Crean is a guy that has a great has a plan for the program. He's clearly trying to sell it. It's a and and Crean will go in like Fox would go meet Edwards and say, I know you think you're a great top recruit, but like you're going to have to work within the system that we mm-hmm. have here, yeah. which is a smart coaching thing to do, but not a smart recruiting thing to do. I have no doubt that Crean and, and came I don't in. play freshman. Yeah, right, exactly. Mm-hmm. You have to earn your playing time here. And I'm sure Crean went in there and said, you come here, you do whatever the hell you want. We'll roll the ball out for and, you. <laughs> and uh, that, we'll see if that works. And, uh, the, and for the record, he's not the only top 100 recruit. Well, he got some Georgia. good guys around him, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, he's not the only top 100 recruit they have. So there's lots of good guys there. And plus, Hammers is still around. Crump is still around. Oh, yeah. uh, it's a lot. What if Claxton had stayed? I think that <laughs> Crump might be your sixth man. <laughs> yeah, that would be exciting. But it is worth noting that, like, they're, like obviously, they'd be better than Claxton. But the thing that Clax would really help with is the first, I expect the first, they, they play at a, in Maui over Thanksgiving. That tournament might get rough. The tournament, I mean, that's a, the tournament's crazy. Yeah, they this got year. Dayton in the first game. You need to hope that you beat Dayton. Yeah. Otherwise, you're losing your first two, and you're and you hope that you, and you beat Chaminade uh, in the third game. Like that is that is a tough tournament for a team that has that many freshmen. Uh, I watched the preseason game. Uh, they looked. Obviously, physically talented, but Dis- really disorganized and really disoriented. Edwards is kind of like that too. Edwards is like it, this team is going to turn the ball over a ton, but they're going to be really, really fun to watch. How that translates into wins? Go ahead. I was about to say this. This could be. I mean, in order for Georgia to make the NCAA tournament, it's going to take Crean's best coaching job since the second year at, at Marquette, yeah. right? I mean, there are a lot of raw, very good, but raw pieces. That he's going to have to mold together in all, in in the in in the non conference in order to make. I a mean, ride. there's like three guys that were on the team last year that are back. Right, like he cleared out right. everyone. Mm-hmm. So, and again, you know, I do think Cre- I think Crean is an underappreciated X's and O's coach. I think he is not yes. that bad. Indiana people, as you well know, they have many many thoughts about that. But Indiana hates all of their coaches. That's kind of their their thing. But it's going to be to make the tournament. Strikes me as ambitious. It's a stretch. It's a stretch. It strikes me as ambitious, but it, it, they are going to be worth watching for Edwards alone. And the part about it that makes it the hardest is SEC is actually a really good right. basketball conference. Four now. or five years ago, this team probably makes it. Easy. Yeah. 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 It's a third team from the conference. Yeah. 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 Probably, right? But I mean, you, you're talking about we have now what? One, two, three, four, five, six. Seven Final Four coaches, yeah. counting counting Cream. I mean, it's funny because I think the two eight best, eight counting Cream. I mean, like the best team in the in the conference might be Tennessee. 
Yeah. Uh, Kentucky is obviously Kentucky. Yeah. Florida Auburn, is super good. Florida's, Auburn Aub- made the national championship game last year. And this is Auburn's last gas because so. I guess some stuff coming down. Yeah, we said that last year. This is definitely can't even, I don't think it's Bruce Pearl. He'll have a telephone or a cookout. Uh, but like, th- th- that's right. And I, remember, I mean, even from the bottom up, like Mississippi State is coached by Ben freaking Howland. National which, championship team. Yeah. yeah. Ben like, Howland. Like, ben Howland is like a great, great coach. And he's at Mississippi State. Like, in this, you know, this is. This is what the SEC said they were going to do when football got super-powered and basketball was not following up. They made it very clear, we're going to take a lot of this money that's coming from football. They need to get basketball together. And they've spent it on coaches. You've seen – you have Instead seen – Instead of players? Well, obviously they spent on players too. But not Georgia, but other places. Yes. Um, Primarily Auburn. Yes. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no question. Exclusively Auburn. There's an investment in basketball in the SEC that wasn't there before. And I think that you're seeing you're seeing the results of that in a way that, like, that's why Mark Fox, as much as everybody liked the guy, he had to go. Yes. He, he is, he's, a, he's, a coach of a, he's a coach in, like, 2004, and that's not what basketball in the SEC is. Yeah. And, and, look, the thing – I've had the question several times. Will Georgia make the tournament? I don't know. It's going to take a really good coach in Tom and Cream. It's going to take this team coming together quicker than I probably you probably would expect yeah. with a bunch of freshmen. Um, is it possible? Sure, it's possible. Go two and one in Hawaii. Oh, in Hawaii. Then it can look you're looking good, at something. Right? Then you're looking at something. Yeah. Uh, but uh, but other, I think it's going to be hard just because. Uh, I mean, they've got to go ten and eight in SEC. Yeah, and, and listen, if they if they can figure it out, that's on the table. But it's worth knowing Edwards is gone after this. You're like, this is it. This is all you're getting of Edwards. This is all that's happening from there. And they they brought another good recruit. Like for next year, like Queen has got it. But this is the thing: what you want to avoid is being Alabama when they had Colin Sexton. Yep, Alabama got Colin Sexton. Clearly, he's on. Clearly, he's due to LSU. Uh, ben, he can't he can't shoot threes. Huh? Ben Simmons. Yeah. Simmons, yeah. yeah. Right. Ben Simmons like the LC. Although I think, first off, I think Crean's a better coach. Yeah. Second off, he has a much better supporting staff around him. Yes. But, like, that's what you want to avoid, though, because, like, you get this one, this, this trans, tra- you know, this, like, transition, transformational recruit. But if you only have them for one year, you have to make sure that year counts. Yep. And that's what you want to see. But they're, they're going to roll the ball. Edwards is not a point guard. He is very much in the – He's a two. He's a, he's a two slash he's the best player, so he's going to want the ball in his hands yeah. at big moments. But he's a two. He's not a point guard. And that's a problem they're going to have to solve because Crump isn't really a point guard either. And they haven't, really, they haven't got that figured out. But it will just be uh, – it's funny. I was thinking – I'm going to the game Tuesday, obviously. And I was thinking – how excited I am! Like there's like even when they're playing the Citadel a week from Monday, a week from the day, a week from Monday, I, there's no way I'm going to miss that game. It's going to be fun because I want to see what Edwards does. Yeah, and 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 to be able to, I was talking to William about it, my son, and I was like, William, we have to go see them play as much as we can because he's going to be in the NBA next year, and yeah. we're going to be able to watch him right right there, and that's very exciting. Hundred percent. Hey, where are we right now, Scott? We we haven't really talked about that. I know, I know. We're in a new location. For tonight, uh, sitting right underneath the the awning. Not that's not awning. That's a sign. It's called the Rialto Room. We're at uh, the Hotel Indigo, uh, located at 500 College Avenue, right in the middle of downtown. Well, not really. In, it's kind of on the north side, north yeah. side of downtown. But uh, yeah, they were uh, gracious enough to invite us over. We've kind of talked with uh, Abby and Kate and some of the other people in the management, and we have a unique opportunity for. Waiting since last Saturday, listeners, we are hosting a giveaway. We'll be running it on our Instagram account at WSLS Podcast on Instagram. And also, you're going to want to look at 
Indigo Athens because those are going to be the two qualifiers in order to qualify for this giveaway. The prize that will be uh, given away is a one complimentary night stay here at uh, Hotel Indigo. And of course, uh, the fine print on it does read that it's not redeemable for UGA home football weekends and that blackout dates do apply. But uh, but yeah, we're going to be running that. But the cool thing about this place, and Will and I were talking earlier, it's a cool place to watch games, especially away games. Uh, I was up here this weekend with my family watching the game at the bar. Even my dad drove up from Stone Mountain. He decided not to call, so he just decided to drive on up. <laughs> well, and, we weren't doing a podcast. Right, right. And it was it was great. He, he had no other way to get a hold of you. The only, he had no, he the just had to come and visit. He just had to come and visit. And so we sat at the bar. I got a great picture of my dad sitting with my kids at the bar. Uh, they were not drinking alcohol. They were just <laughs> having chips and uh, salsa or chips and cheese dip. But it's newly renovated. They redid the whole back patio. I'm sure that if you're been if you've been in Athens, you've probably been by here because it's been open for about nine or ten years. But they renovated it. The public spaces are renovated. They have two fire pits in that courtyard, a retractable awning. So now, if there is weather, uh, it covers it. And we were quite toasty with the uh, fire pits that were running during the game. But uh, but yeah, we're we're broadcasting right now in the Rialto Club, which is where they host weddings and social events and um they're gonna have a big new year's eve event right here we're not gonna be here uh we might be here we might be here but we won't be broadcasting it feels like it would be a bad idea for us to try to broadcast here probably would but uh can you imagine just being like like the the clock signing down and we're like quiet (laughs) we have to talk about the sugar bowl seriously this is huge (laughs) i would encourage y'all to stop by and definitely enter the giveaway we're after, as you're listening to this podcast, go over to our uh, Instagram page at WSL's podcast or at Indigo Athens and uh, see what the qualifiers are. Get yourself an entry. There's a couple ways that you can uh, get an entry. You can like the post. You can make a comment by uh, tagging a couple friends in it. And uh, then we're going to have a special word. And we need to come up with a special word where someone can direct messages on Instagram for an additional entry into this uh, contest. So I'm thinking, I was almost thinking like maybe Anthony Edwards would be a good. Ant-Man. 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 Yeah, Anthony Edwards is two words. Okay. Ant-Man. So Ant-Man, if you can DM us Ant-Man, uh, you get another entry is into it, this yeah. contest. So everyone that does it, doesn't matter like how quickly you do it, it's like the first 15 Well, it's going to, no, no, that's a good question. The contest is going to run. I'm a professional journalist. <laughs> You're good at asking questions. No, the contest will run through 8 p.m. on Sunday. This coming Sunday, which is November, oh yeah, November 10th, 8 p.m., that's when the contest will close. So uh, you'll have plenty of time to uh, to enter, but uh, yeah, send us a DM of Ant-Man and you get an additional entry into the contest. So uh, gentlemen, are you ready for the uh, silly part of the podcast? So what we got, so we got, we got let me see if I can, I can mark them all down. We got trivia. Uh-huh. We got reviews. Uh-huh. We got uh, fun office pools. Yes. Uh, and we got uh, uh, hot or not? No, buy uh, or sell. Buy or sell, <laughs> hot or not? Uh, and uh, we can do hot or not. I don't care. It, right? That's those are the four. Yeah, no, that's it. That's hashtag Aporium. So, what do y'all? What do y'all want to go with first? Hot. You want you want to go with buy or sell? We don't have hot or not. Let's go buy or sell. Let's buy or sell. I like starting. I'm with glad buy you picked that. I wanted you to pick that first. There's a trivia. Sell there, or there, buy? There is trivia. So we'll just jump on into it. Buy or sell, the Pac-12 will feature 11-1 Oregon versus 11-1 Utah. Buy. Buy. 
Buy or sell. The Gators ran for 21 yards, and the Dogs only won by seven. Are you disappointed in that? Shit, no. Um, heck, no. Well, it's because some people were saying, well, if they only rushed for 21 yards and you only won by seven, what's the problem? So it's true. Some of the stuff <laughs> not, not be that guy. We only rushed for 119. <laughs> yeah, it is a bummer, too, because when you only win by seven, your win only counts as .75 wins, which, yes, so therefore I wish. Well, uh, you were on record saying that the Georgia South the, – the Georgia loss to South Carolina should almost count as two losses. Yes, and I, and I, and I think old, if it gets really tight in the selection of teams for the college football playoff, it might. <laughs> All right, buy or sell, this is a season where you wish the college football playoff was eight teams. I wish that every year. So I, wa- I want them to do that. I want them I mean, to Could you imagine like a first-round matchup of eight-seeded Navy being the group of five winner versus LSU or Alabama? Oh, I mean, that's – or Memphis – how fun would it be to see Memphis play play Alabama or LSU? That team is in Tuscaloosa. Oh, it's yeah. just a blast. Who would Georgia get? Say they won, and they were the fourth team. They would play the fifth seed, so they might would play Something like Oklahoma, yeah, or Oregon, or or an Oregon, uh, yeah, Oregon, Oregon. But uh, in Athens, that'd be awesome. They get Oregon and Atlanta in a few years, right? They do. Yeah, I'll have less hair. Buy or sell. FSU, Nebraska, and Tennessee will take years, if ever, to regain where their fan base and administration believe they should be. I mean, FSU is the one that can get their fastest. Yeah, I don't think there's any question. Florida State, they, they get the right coach, they can fix that quick. Yeah. They thought Taggart was the right coach. Um, I mean, we could hold, do a whole podcast yeah. on that firing. Yeah, but we don't know much about Richard John, I, I quoted Richard Johnson for a great piece, the great piece a couple weeks ago. He wrote a great piece for Banner Society about the specific thing about yes. Taggart. Yeah. That I thought was really good today. Um, but of those places, the longest road, I think Nebraska. Nebraska's the longest road, the man. Road I'm actually really disappointed that Illinois lost to them. <laughs> like Illinois, that's, that's a game that now feels like they should have won. So if you lose an at Purdue after Illinois just waxed Purdue at Purdue, that's worrisome. Yeah. So you're going to sell that? I'm going I'm to sell. Whatever, whichever one it is. I'm going to sell Nebraska, hold Tennessee, and buy Florida State. I will probably sell, sell, and buy. You'll buy Florida State. Yep. All right. Uh, buy or sell these bowl projections. Oklahoma versus Georgia in the Sugar Bowl. Sure. That sounds... Yeah. I mean, that. I mean, I mean, and I'd go for that. That's not a bad scenario. I mean, I would go to New Orleans for that. I mean, people would, people would love to see those two teams play again. It will not be the same at all, but it would be fun to watch it again. It's in New Orleans this time. Jalen Hurts against uh, Jake Fromm once again. Yeah. They'll have to bench him halfway through. <laughs> All right, buy or sell Penn State versus Oregon in the Rose Bowl. Hmm, that's a hell of a question right there. Let's see. So that takes Penn State losing to Ohio State and then, Oregon and, and, probably winning, right? That, uh, but not making the playoffs. Not making the playoffs, which means Clemson. Let's just play this out. Clemson, LSU or Alabama, the winner, Ohio State, and who? And I think it's two SEC teams is right. what. It's two SEC teams. And LSU? Yeah, LSU, or Alabama, or Ohio State, whoever. I'll hold that. Am I allowed to hold that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, I'm well, allowed sounds to hold sounds fine that. to me. Hey. Hello, hey. man. You're like, what are people doing down there? I'll leave it open. <laughs> <laughs> yes, ma'am. Thank you. Yes, ma'am. All right, so. Uh, Be cool as the boss. <laughs> buy or sell. Wake Forest versus Florida in the Orange Bowl. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> that means four SEC teams makes the New Year's Six Bowls. That's right. That's hard to, it's hard to imagine 
that. That means that like Utah doesn't make it, or or right. or Penn State, or I say so. Yeah, that's hard. That's that's hard to get my head around. It's funny to think of Florida. I, mean, I, I think they'll put Notre ball. Dame in that game before they put Florida. But if you think about it, with Clemson I think going put Michigan in that game before they'll put Florida. Ooh. With Clemson going to the college football playoff, Wake Forest would probably be the next one up to no, catch. No, no, no. I'm not doubting Wake oh, Forest. Wake Forest is, is not the one. I'm, I'm saying that, that, that the Orange Bowl just for people to be interested in attend would need Florida there. Or they could get Michigan. They could get Michigan. They could why, get do you, why do you not think the Demon Deacons will travel? <laughs> Sorry, I almost got that out. Wow. I mean, they played against, uh, what, Mississippi State years ago there. I, Will, you, you with us? <laughs> I will not be assaulted. <laughs> by the way, by the further. way, Wake Forest is the answer to one of my favorite trivia questions. Who beat Georgia Tech last time they played in the ACC championship game? Wake Forest, 9-6. to six. Nice. Love it. All right, last one, uh, last one of these. Buy or sell Memphis versus Baylor in the Cotton Bowl. It's kind of a yawner. Uh, it, feels, it feels like very mid-'80s. It does. So it's kind of like it? a fun yeah. kind of uh, – Yeah. All right, so can we move on? Yes. All right, uh, this is a more fun – Yes, boss. This is a more fun buy or sell part. So Missouri, as I was looking at the opponent that Georgia is playing, they have – a cavalcade, if I'm using that word correctly, of famous alumni. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, from all walks of life. Mm-hmm. And so I it's just... A, I mean, the, you know, the Midwest is a vast place. That produces many I was shocked places. with how many, like, oh my gosh, that yeah. person went to the Missouri. Right, Pitt, baby. So, well, we'll start with him. No, he didn't graduate. So he's one credit shy. I know. Um, Studying journalism. So what I'll do is I'll just say buy or sell, and you can give kind of a a reaction to these names. So are we saying they did go there or didn't? No, go there? no, they we did find, go we there. We find them appropriate. You find them, oh, okay, you okay. Find them interesting okay. or whatever. Okay, so yes, we'll start with Brad. Yes, yeah, so awesome bye, 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 absolutely. Bye. That's awesome. What, what's your favorite movie with him in it? What's your his favorite character? <sighs> My oh, hmm, that's a good question. Uh, I actually think he is super awesome in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. That's I like agree. Absolutely, Cliff favorite, Booth. He, he does not Brad, break character the entire time. Absolute favorite Brad Pitt performances. I think he's really good in Fight Club. Uh, I think he's really good in. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, think, I haven't seen Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, but if you, yeah. if he's you, very that is, that is like a quintessential so Brad Pitt performance. If you pay attention to my Twitter handle, yeah. Tyler Dogden, yes, obviously I like him yeah. in Fight Club. He's good in that Astra too, which is another movie from this year. He's I good in that seen movie that. too. Yeah. All right, uh, another Ocean's are, uh, the whole Ocean thing. Also, he's awesome. Underrated. Rusty, Rusty, yeah, Rusty is pretty Rusty awesome. Is awesome. Rusty is pretty. We're awesome. gonna stick with Rusty. The, is what everyone in Rounders is pretending to be, but isn't. You're going to make fun of rounders now? Yeah, I'm not a rounders guy. So uh, just, yeah. So we're going to stick with the actors group. I John Ham. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Bye. Yeah. John Ham, of course. Bye. Bye. Will's personal close friend. Yeah, my pal John You Hamm. should text him. I uh, can t- I, I'll text do you have his number? Don't even I, start, man. I do have his number. I'll text him right now. By matter. the way, by the way, I told my wife you had her his text number. And she, 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 her, her voice got real bassy. She went, really? <laughs> I was like... <laughs> Dude, come on, stand right here. Cardinal fans stick together. All right, I uh, I was briefly on a text chain with John Hamm and the Sklar brothers, (laughs) but they're much more into hockey than I am. So I had, so I had to get off of it because I just, I just don't. They're really, really into hockey. Oh, I I don't be on a text thread with John Hamm and the Sklar brothers. I I had to get off because I don't know any of the hockey references they're all making. So I had to get off. It's the blue line and the red line. That's it. Google them. It's always icing. It was just they. They really the Sklar brothers. There's two of them, so there's twice as much noise. Okay, we'll move on. Uh, actor Tom Berenger. Bye. Yeah, I'll buy Tom. Yeah. I'll buy Tom Favorite Berenger. movie of him? Platoon, maybe? Probably. Or Major League? 
Yeah, I have to go with Major League. He's and good I, Inception. He's actually really good in Inception. He's in Inception. He's in Inception. I've got oh, to watch that. Right. I've got to yeah. watch Inception. He, he's one of the guys that fell asleep. What's the movie that um, with Danny, him and Danny Glover and Kirstie Alley? Um, Three Minute a Baby? No. No. <laughs> God, that's, not um, that's not. No, it's not Bat 21. No, it? it's the one where uh, they're being attacked. They're, on, they're all hiking and they. Uh, oh. Um, yeah, that movie. Someone's yelling. At yeah. their radio. yeah, one one person. I'll look it up. I'll <laughs> exactly look it up one while, person. While All right, actor uh, Chris Cooper, Academy Fine. Award winner. Fine. Yeah, who's yeah. in uh, American Beauty? Yeah, yeah, which is a terrible movie, by the way. I didn't uh, say I liked this. It. It's, it's the only great. one I could remember he was in. Eyes uh, on Lonesome Not Dove. Danny, I said Danny Glover. It's um, City Poitier. Oh, uh, he was in, he was in he's in Lonesome Dove. Okay. Yeah. Uh, actress Kate Shoot Capshaw. Shoot to kill. Shoot to Shoot kill. kill. That is a good. Oh uh, yeah. Actress yeah. Kate Capshaw. Bye. Indiana Jones, Temple of Doom. Sell. I mean nice. that that movie happened at a particular time in my life, yeah. and there were some things. <laughs> All right, um, actor George C. Scott went to Missouri. We're gonna go through him like crap through a goose. Someone someone had a great appreciative thread today of the facial expression that George C. Scott makes in Doctor Strange Love. That is very his eyes just okay, go boing. You said Doctor Strange Love, and that yeah. made me want to buy yeah, him. Buy, buy. I, I was going to sell him. I was going to sell him because I thought the you didn't whole know he went to Missouri. I did not know that he went. I thought the whole patent thing, especially yeah. how he acted. Yeah, like, he's a lot. Yeah, he's a lot. Did yeah. you know that Cheryl Crow went to Missouri? That does. I that did completely that. makes sense. She plays. She plays a show in St. Louis every year under the arch. Uh, yeah, she's from St. Louis. She's from. Do you buy her music or sell her music? It's not really my bag, but I find her a very likable personality. Yeah. Listenable. Okay. Other than the brief Kid Rock thing, which was maybe not so good. Oh. Uh, is this, I think he's a writer, Tennessee Williams? Yeah. He is a yeah, writer. Bye. <laughs> bye. Okay. <laughs> Scott. Let's I just think move he's on a writer. Very quickly. He is, is, that, is that Streetcar Named Desire? Yeah. Ken Hudson. Okay. Okay. Yeah. See, I'm, 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 I know what I'm talking about. You have Google. Let's go with uh, famous baseball players. Okay. Or no, baseball people. Mm-hmm. My bad. Uh, Skip Carey, Atlanta Braves announcer. Sell. Sell? I I actually don't think Skip Carey's that great. So. I'm I'm with Will on this. I never was a fan. His call when Sid slid. I wasn't listening. I was running around in my living room, <laughs> sliding into home plate myself. I was at the game. Of so were a lot. I, oh, I was. I promise. So were 148,000. Uh, no. Uh, World Series champion pitcher Max Scherzer. Max Scherzer, baby. Yeah. Max Scherzer, Mizzou guy. He's got two eye colors. Definitely not Max Scherzer. Max yeah. Scherzer grew up uh, a Cardinals fan, is a diehard Cardinals fan, and has said his biggest disappointment as a baseball player is that the Cardinals did not bid on him when he was a free agent and went to the Nationals. And uh, one of my biggest disappointments as a baseball fan yeah. as well. It might have changed had he might been change. in the Cardinals. Yeah. A guy, I'm other sure. Than, other than, you know, his eagerness to. Go to the White House today, but that's a whole other discussion. Hey, he's not Kurt Suzuki. Yeah, that's Suzuki. <laughs> thing. Uh, my favorite thing. Okay, very briefly. Uh, my favorite thing was almost made Suzuki it. gave an interview after that, saying, "I don't understand why everyone's so weird about this. About it's just having fun with my team. Like, dude, you literally wore the hat and let the guy touch your nipples. You are. Did, uh, did you guys see Steven Strasburg? Did wait, you, have you guys what? seen Steven Strasburg? No. Wait, wait, wait. What? It was funny. It's it's a funny video clip. You haven't seen the video? No. <laughs> they literally go full Titanic King of the World. Who? <laughs> Trump and Suzuki. <laughs> it's funny. Trump can't pick up. Oh, Suzuki. he doesn't pick him up. But Suzuki weighs 160. Watch the video. It's I funny. encourage you all also to watch Strasburg uh, deny Trump a handshake. Because okay. he denies him a handshake. He's subtle about it. In a way that like Doolittle was not. Um, but uh, 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 certainly I uh, give him the 200 million. 
All right, so a guy that I'm sure you will buy, David Freeze. Yeah, I buy, buy. He's a baseball player because I I had to kind of try to remember who he was, but uh, 2000 World Series. I know. Baseball I blocked him. I blocked World him out of my, my memory. All right, I'll we're done with baseball. Night. Yeah. Um, all right, so let's move can on. Tell, to, can you tell that that you're in Missouri slash Illinois because there were a ton of baseball people. We love our baseball. That's right. So business people, Sam Walton. I can't buy. Yeah, I can't buy it. Walmart. I know. Okay. Uh, Kenneth Lay, former CEO of Enron. Sell. <laughs> this is reminding that everyone. Is he still with us? I uh, know he died. He huh? died actually fairly recently. I, yeah. I, I, not fairly recently, but fairly shortly after he was in the prison. For the record, I recommend everyone watch Enron's Smart Guys in the Room. It's a great documentary. Though I have to say now, it kind of feels, at the time I was like, wow, they really punished those guys. Good thing. Now it feels like there's like a thousand Enrons in the country, and it's just the way things go now. If and I were those guys, I would totally feel like, oh, I was just ahead of my time. What'd you punish me for? Including Under Armour. Yes, yes. All right, this one's for Will. This business person, uh, Stan Kroenke, went to Missouri. <laughs> Boo! <laughs> so, Even though he's Arsenal's owner, and they hate him there, too. He's a guy that moved the Rams from St. Louis to Didn't LA. Didn't just move the Rams, <sighs> but down. on the way out said the NFL should never put a team back in St. Louis again. All right, a few which more. Is, which is uncool. NFL Hall of Famer Kellen Winslow. Bye. Yeah, sell the sun, though. Probably probably the greatest <laughs> game by tight end in the history of the NFL. Definitely the Chargers sell the sun. playoff yep. game or something yep. like that. Former Michigan coach Lloyd Carr. Sell. Sell. Former Northwestern coach Gary Barnett. Sell. 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 Sell more. Wait a minute. Buy. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Two days later. Sell. sell. All right. And then uh, sports writers uh, Pat Forty. Pat Forty? New Sports like Illustrated hire Pat Forty? I like Pat Forty. I like Pat Forty, too. Big he, Cardinals. His son swims to Georgia. His, daughter's, uh, his daughter's a swimmer, too. At Stanford, I yeah. think. But his son swims to Georgia. For Pat, I, know, I do know Pat Forty personally, and he is an awesome dude. Yeah. I like his 40-yard dash because it's easy to read. You get good information. I don't know where he gets all these stats from. He makes a third of them up, but you got to guess <laughs> okay. which third. Uh, ESPN anchor John Anderson. He used to do Wipeout yeah. with uh, yeah, the that's fine. other guy. I think he's funny. Uh, and then uh, final one, uh, I, I found this interesting. Uh, Wright Thompson, writer Wright oh, Thompson. Yeah. Bye, bye, bye. Wait a minute, Wright Thompson didn't go to Ole Miss? No. He's from Mississippi, yeah. but he went to Missouri. Missouri has an excellent journalism school. No, I so know. That's why, that's why, I've that's heard why of a lot of the people go there. So. All right, so. so that was interesting. Missouri has a lot of famous alumni. I came really close to working there one time. Okay. Really re- close. Uh, real quick, UGA Ryan Seacrest, famous alumni. Buy or sell? Sell. Hold. I like him. All right, um, trivia. And I've had drinks with him at the Chicago, at the Chili in uh, Terminal H at O'Hare. I find it kind of amazing that he has kind of danced between the raindrops on a lot of this. He's done okay. I just, it's, his whole shtick is not, he's like, like I said, I sat and had drinks with him at a Chili's at Terminal H, and he is perfectly pleasant to sit by, but it's just, there's some stuff to hard to reconcile. Okay. More of a Carson Daly guy myself. Yeah. All right, trivia. Uh, how many sacks has the Georgia defense made all year? Let's see. 13. 11. Am I wrong? Am I, I don't know. I wrote down four. That's, you're probably – I mean, I feel like – Did you look them up or you just make it up? Because <laughs> I did. I made mine up. <laughs> no, I looked it I, up. I think, I think you're closer to right than we are. Yeah. Four sacks. I thought we had more than that. No. Havoc is uh, maybe uh, best defined in other ways. Well, I mean, there are other ways to define Havoc, but – how many sacks has the Georgia offense given up? Four. Four. 
Which that I knew. If you, if you, I found it amazing that they gave the stat during the the Florida game that the Gators had twenty nine sacks going into the game yeah. and had yeah. zero yeah. during Saturday. And with Zuniga back, yeah, and he looked great in that first drive where he stuffed Swift. And you're sitting there thinking, oh gosh, this is gonna be a long game. And he really wasn't heard from I, since. It bears mentioning the last play of the game, the last play where from completed the pass to uh, Wolf. It was a full on blitz, and it got picked up. From stood in there despite he knew he was getting hit. I mean, look, I tweeted on Saturday, and I remain by it. Nick Fromm has bigger balls than you. That's two Nick Fromm references. I said Nick Fromm. <laughs> I stand by it. That should have been our secret word, Nick Fromm. Really I think should have been. Nick Fromm is Tony in that wig. <laughs> <laughs> it will be forever. All right, so how many miles is Columbia, Missouri from Athens, Georgia? Okay. Let's see. They are in SEC I, I can't East do team. miles. I can do how long the drive probably is. Five, uh, I would say it's six, probably about seven, ten, about eight, nine and a half, ten hour drive. Nine. So I'm going to say about about four hundred and fifty miles. It is more like five hundred and sixty miles. Seven hundred thirty-six. Oh, Just, we drive really fast. <laughs> It's an it 11-hour drive. That's right, because it's a little farther from this. It's next, it's next hour and a half. So it is the third farthest uh, SEC outpost from Athens. What are the two farthest? A&M and, A&M and LSU. LSU is the fourth. What? Mississippi and Mississippi State. No. Oh, yeah. Arkansas and A&M. Arkansas is number two in College Station, yeah. Texas A&M. Texas A&M is 896. Arkansas is 780. Uh, okay. Baton Rouge is 598. For what it's worth, Philadelphia is closer than Columbia, Missouri. <laughs> They're definitely not SEC. No. Until they get to four conferences. What is the all-time record between Georgia and Missouri? 7-1? and 7-1. One? and one. What bowl was their first meeting in? And what year? That's bonus points. Oh, oh I know this. Is it, that's not like the Blue Bonnet Bowl, is it? It's not like one no, of those. it's a major bowl. I'm going to go with the Cotton Bowl. I'll go with the Citrus Bowl. Um, Will's closer. Orange Bowl. Orange Bowl. Uh, and 59? Close. Almost. But it was January 1st, 1960. Okay. Oh, that, that should not count. season. That should count. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> they won 14-0. Uh, Georgia did. Yeah. Because the only loss is 13. That I knew. That is the only loss. Yeah. So, uh, final bit of trivia. The Georgia men's... Athletic teams have eight sports that they compete in. Uh-huh. Missouri has eight sports uh-huh. and the men's that they okay. compete in. They both have football. They both have baseball, right. basketball, I like golf, this question. cross country, swimming and diving, track and field. What is the one differential sport that Georgia plays as a men's varsity team that Missouri doesn't and vice versa, if that makes sense? I'm just yeah. trying to say what are the different sports? I understand what you're saying. Okay. You say, uh, let's see, Missouri doesn't do soccer. This is a good question. Yeah, Georgia does not do soccer. Does Missouri do shooting? <laughs> no. Let's figure out what Georgia does that Missouri okay. doesn't first. Uh, uh, name Georgia's again? Cross country, track and field, swimming. Golf. Golf. Basketball, baseball, football. Tennis. Tennis. Georgia has tennis, yeah. Georgia has t- the Tennis Hall of Fame is located here. Yeah. So Missouri men's the Missouri men do not have a tennis program, a varsity men's tennis program. But they have a soccer program. No. No, they don't have soccer. Think about something big in the Midwest, I guess, for college sports. 
It's not field hockey or cricket. Big in the Midwest. Um, Lacrosse? Will might not even consider it a sport. Rowing? No. Not consider it a sport. Weight, I'm, I'm guessing. Weightlifting? Wrestling. Wrestling. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's a sport. <laughs> okay. No, I mean, it's not wrestling. It's wrestling. wrestling is not a sport. <laughs> I didn't say and wrestling. Also, uh, I don't, I'm not going to get out of my wrestling. Thing. <laughs> okay. I don't like It's I, not the right week. I'm very, I'm very, not the right week. I'm very Max von Sydow in Crimes and Misdemeanors. <laughs> Imagine the capacity of a human mind that watches professional wrestling. <laughs> I enjoy it, and so does I Mac know. Williams. Yeah, I know people. Mac love does it. enjoy it. He's a huge people fan. People love it. Um, all right, so we did have one comment. It's actual sports where people actually go head to head in legitimate competition, called grappling, and one wins, <laughs> and then you find out who is better. Uh, I did not solicit any questions for the podcast because I knew it would go late. Uh, but there was a question, or actually a comment, that came in like midweek last week. After I guess after he listened to the podcast, it's uh, at Mister Blue eighty four. He says at waiting since last Saturday podcast. Tony, why the hell would you want to go to the New Mexico Bowl if you do say hey? I'm an Athens native, committed, lifelong dog fan, and lifelong devotee of the podcast. I'm doing a master's out here, but have not wanted to sully myself with Lobo's football. Listen, if Banner Society ends up sponsoring this thing, I'm sleeping on your couch. (laughs) You just need to know that. That's good stuff. That's good stuff. So thanks, Mr. Blue. And thanks for uh, listening. I mean, yeah. I mean, I've been to Albuquerque before. Yeah, I went went in February. It was... It's one of the most expensive tickets, like airline tickets, to get because it doesn't connect or... I mean, I guess nobody goes I to... I mean, okay, so I'm in, I don't mean this in, in any way, bad way about Albuquerque or Columbus, but imagine Columbus, but with a casino and no river. There's mountains. And mountains. That's Albuquerque. Skiing is only like an hour away up in Santa Fe. It's pretty nice. Uh, all right, so we've got, we got one Facebook comment and we got one podcast review. So this came uh, from John Paul Williams on Facebook. He says, I feel like Will has it wrong. There have been... <laughs> this starts out well. That's full stop. I, I already agree. <laughs> there, have been, there have been lots of doubters this year in the media and in the fan base. Many fans have felt that Justin Fields should have started over Jake Fromm and that Fields' departure was a mistake by the program and the coaches. Because of this, they have devalued Fromm's talents. And with Fields playing so well at Ohio State and with Fromm's struggles... In the South Carolina game, those fans have used that to justify that argument, rightly or wrongly. I like Fields, and I wish him nothing but the best. But I think that this is the vibe from the fans and the media that Kirby Smart was pushing back on in, in his postgame comments. I think it's something the media has said. And you guys, I mean, you know, I, I, I have no doubt that the media has said that about Justin Fields, that Kirby made some sort of mistake by keeping Justin Fields. For, the, for letting Fields go and from say, for the record, I, I'm the biggest Justin Fields defender in the world, and I think that's completely wrong. Yeah. Like, I think that, but, I, but you guys tell me. I mean, you guys probably know more Georgia fans than I do. I, I thought the whole thing was that people didn't like Justin Fields. Like, I have not gotten this vibe from Georgia fans that, like, oh, Kirby's an idiot. He, I, I think can't. it's the national media just trying to drum up a story because, for me— I mean, I, I think it is a story. Uh, Tony, and I, but, Tony and I covered it. We just don't like Ohio State. Well, never minding that. I just don't—again, maybe I'm wrong and I'm missing all these people. I haven't met a lot of Georgia fans that are like, wow, Kirby's so dumb for letting Justin Fields go. I think it's the I local, seen that at local all. minority that just kind of gets drummed up in from the media. Georgia fans? I have not seen a no. lot from I Georgia mean, there's fans. so few Georgia fans that think that 
letting Fields go and keeping Fromm was the wrong decision. That feels like a Stu Mandel thing. That feels like a national reporter. It's 100% a national, national right. media narrative. Part of that is because you, you don't pay that much attention to whatever right. it is Georgia tries to do. The other is because it gets clicks or sells it's papers an easy, or whatever. Yeah. It's easy. But, I mean, look, it's, it's also a simple comparison, right? I mean, just look at the stats. It's an easy comparison. Ohio State hasn't lost a game. It's an easy comparison. I don't disagree with you that you. Uh, I don't disagree with you that there is a um, a Georgia fan like, what are we doing with Fromm? But as far as the Fields versus Fromm thing, it's hard to say these Georgia fans that think that from keeping from at Georgia was the wrong decision. Oh, yeah, I just I don't see that. I mean, for crying out, I mean, the guy almost won the national championship game. The guy almost won the SEC championship game. Like the idea, like if there are, I'll put it this way: if there's a Georgia fan that looks at Jake Fromm and says, "Oh man, well, I can't believe we're stuck with this loser when we should have had Justin Fields." <laughs> not. I've never met that person. Yeah. Like I just have not. And I say that as someone that loves Justin Fields and thinks the people that are against Justin Fields are are uh, being incredibly unfair to him. The idea that any Georgia fans are just like, wow, I can't believe we're stuck with this dope. I, I just I don't see that at all. Thanks for the comment. And we got one more uh, podcast review. This is from Race Fan one It's a five-star review. He Yay. says, three fans who happen to be dogs. I enjoy this podcast because they seem as if they're sitting in your tailgate spot with you. It, it, that could that could very well happen. Celebrating and lamenting over drop us a pen <laughs> over each week's result. Serious people who know when to have fun. That's probably more Tony than <laughs> Will and myself. And they even Except give I like this comment. And they even give punters love on occasion. Yeah, yeah. We 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 give uh, Kamar the love when he boots at sixty yards. I'm going to give a shout out to Scott D guy on Twitter. By the way, he is that my wa- burner account? Uh, uh, no. Um, Scott Big D Energy. Um, no, this is <laughs> this is. Uh, it might be. This is Scott D guy. I'm not going to make anyone answer the question, but uh, he uh, posed a question about what would happen if Trump came to a game in Athens uh, if he were shown on the big board that we do not have to get into. But uh, I just told him I would bring it up at this podcast, and I did. I did not boo the president in 2017. I would not boo him in Sanford Stadium. I would boo the president if he were. I would, I would not think anyone that didn't boo him was a jerk, just to be clear. But I, 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 can, I can live with that. Yeah. I, I, I feel like uh, if do, I got— Do not interpret my silence as support. I understood. I, I feel like you get so few opportunities to, uh, to Listen, uh, I, get him outside and, and actually, his bubble. And the, the, whole, the whole when the booing thing happened at, at Nationals Park Stadium, yeah, whatever. Yeah, Nationals Park. Somebody said, would you, blah, blah, blah. I was like, no, I, I would not be the president. Give me ten minutes with him face to face. Yeah, right. I would never. I mean, I wouldn't. But, I, I wouldn't know, assault you, him. Right. Yeah. But you know what you're saying. Yeah, I would absolutely yeah, have yeah. a conversation with him. With use big words he can't understand. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, to me, uh, it, uh, my thought on it, and I'm sorry, I told told we were going to answer this question, but here we are. Uh, my general thought is, I think it is important to let the rest of the world know that in those moments where he is not in a protected environment and not surrounded by only his hand-picked supporters, uh, that uh, when put in the wild, a large percentage of America is not for this. And I feel like there is an obligation to let the rest of the world know that. That's not unfair. It'll be interesting to see what happens this weekend. 
Yeah, he's going to be at the LSU Alabama. LSU, Tuscaloosa. My, if I if I were to guess, my guess would be that he will be booed. It will not be as much as happened in, at the UFC event or at the Nationals game, but less because he's in Alabama, though partly that, and more because now it's a whole thing. Like now, when he comes up, there will be a lot of people that are supporters, but will feel obliged to be like, "Yeah, he's our guy," and there will be like it's more of a statement to boo now. Like now, it's all built up, and now it's all. Whole, it's a whole thing. My guess is he'll still be booed, but it, it won't be as overwhelming as it was in those two places. But he's and he definitely he definitely won't boo, have been booed on Fox. Yeah, well, he definitely will not be shown if he is. Yeah. Okay. Where do we go from here? Um, Fun office pools. Okay, I who's got it. third? I don't know. <laughs> I you have an idea who's yeah. third. Is it you? <laughs> Let me click the standings. I'm having to go on my phone and do it. For the record, just to be clear on this, by the way, I would have. Uh, um, I remember being in New York when that dude threw the shoe at Bush, uh-huh. and I had friends of mine that were like, "Yeah," and that was not. I was like, "Dude, like, the guy just threw a shoe at our president, man!" Like, yeah. I was not a supporter of George W. Yeah. Bush at all, but like, I do think these things can get out of hand. I and I just think that we are in a historical moment that is different than past historical moments. All right, we'll move on. Here's the standings. Uh, Dog on Dog is still in first place, 465 points. Tony Waller is five points behind him. And uh, I literally just saw Tony frown when you said the name of the person in first place. Yeah, he's coming after. He's on it. He's on him. We need to we need to dox this Dog on Dog. Find out who he is. Nope. He's hiding behind a good handle, spectacular handle. (laughs) And then PA Illini Dog is in second place. He's uh he's kept it up. Yagi Slayton's up there in seventh. Parrish Walton's eleventh. Uh, Petey Jones RB is thirteenth. I don't see Will. Oh, I'm Will like, is thirty fifth. Yeah, so I'm hanging in. I'm hanging in. And um, I am somewhere in the hundred thirties. You're on the second page. That's right. So <laughs> I'm not going to do that. So let's get into our picks for week eleven. I can't believe it's already week eleven. All right. So let's get into a little bit of Baylor at TCU. A little bit of Southwest Conference action. You know, the funny thing about this game, when I put it on here, it's like, ah, Baylor's going to wipe them up. This game's on the road. Baylor struggled against West Virginia. It's a kind of a look-ahead theme because they got Oregon, Oklahoma next week. I'm going to take TCU. I don't trust TCU, but I'm going to take them anyway. I'm going to go with Baylor because I want to see ultimate chaos happen. Yeah. I don't know what that means. Okay. <laughs> Actually, Baylor winning is chaos. Uh, you said Baylor. Yeah, I, I said Baylor. To you. All right, so Penn State at Minnesota. Uh, two <laughs> undefeated Big Ten teams going after it. I know everyone's excited about this game. It will be. It's a, it's a good big noon. Uh, uh, it's ABC. It's not even Fox. It's, it's not even Fox, yeah. It's ABC. Uh, I know everyone's excited. I don't think Penn State is that great. It still feels like the party kind of ends here. Yeah. Uh, I feel like Penn State may actually kind of trounce them pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, Penn State's going to make P.J. Fleck's man capris look bad. Yeah. I like P.J. Fleck, so I'm going to go with Minnesota. That's why he's not That's why he's 150th. <laughs> that's right. Uh, all right, so some team that's 5-4. and four. Gosh, my font is so small. Oh, it's Illinois. We're loyal to at you. At Michigan Illinois. State. This game kicks off the same time that Georgia does not because this is a 3-30 game. So this is uh, LSU-Alabama. We will get to see some of this game at the tailgate. 
Um, I was just seeing the fights on TV. So there's a world out there where Illinois has to beat Northwestern mm. in order to become bowl eligible. Um, what could be a one and uh, a two and nine? Two and nine Northwestern. Um, I don't think it gets there. I think Illinois pulls the upset on the road. I can't do it. Uh, I can't do it. I can't do it. I want to do it. I want to pull the trigger on it. Because Michigan State not only has a ton of injuries now, but kind of is in a little bit of, we're done with this season mode. Like, they kind of have a little bit of that vibe. Which is exactly why I picked Illinois. I know, and I get it, I get it. I just, I just. I pick for you, buddy. I can't do it. I mean, what a bummer it would be if they lose the last three, man. Like, they get this far and lose that would be a huge. I mean, they might get on for APR. Yeah, true. that's true. That's true. true. Uh, I know if Georgia State will take it from him again like they did last time. But uh, it would feel like even if they got on APR, that would take a little bit of the fun out of it. Um, <laughs> I just want to see you in Detroit in, uh, the day after scared. Christmas. Well, you know, it's funny. If they win this game and they've got a chance to get to seven or even eight, if they get seven, there's a possibility they could play at Yankee Stadium in the Pinstripe Bowl. Which would is, you go to that? I think I would. I, I, I would be a, se- a sales. Would you go to Detroit? Probably not. Day after Christmas, yeah. so no. Um, Lights are cheap. Day after Christmas, but uh, I know. But like you know, I you know I have it's like the you know, family. I mean, you leave anyway. I, I don't generally leave the day after Christmas. So the submarine's not leaving. Then. Yeah, submarine's. Yeah, I'm just gone all the time. How is I just leave my wife abandoned in a gutter? Um, but I would say uh, the other one is the Red Box Bowl. The Red Box Bowl would be the other one they would go to. Oh, uh, I don't know about that. Yeah, I don't it's think is that like a something. like a Hallmark type thing. It's a, it's a Santa Clara. Clara it's a Santa Clara. Right? Yeah. It's, it's would you go to that? No, I would probably go to the Pinstripe Bowl, but that would probably be the only one I would go to. Okay, uh, I'll take Michigan State. I think you're right. I'm sad to say. Western Kentucky goes to Arkansas. How many people are going to be at that game? 15,000? What was the quote? Uh, this is their second 17-game losing streak this decade. Yeah. <laughs> so they are. That's actually worse than Illinois. <laughs> they are. Western Kentucky is favorite, right? They're, no, Arkansas's favorite by two and a half. <laughs> Damn. Um, yeah, I'll take Arky just out of. Compassion, something out of, out of conference self-respect. Yeah, I, I will guess. also take Arkansas. I'm going to go with the Hilltoppers mascot over Oof, the big red blob. I have, a yeah. great, I have a great picture of him and I on the on Bourbon Street. He's great from back in the day. Yeah, no, I know. I think it was my private investigator that took that photo. <laughs> I appreciate you doing that. Iowa at Wisconsin, six and two versus six and two, eighteen sixteen game. This is an interesting game, just because both of these teams need a win, like. I mean, this is going to be a bare knuckle, like 1989, prior to boxing gloves, like stand and punch each other. <laughs> they in the they face. used boxing gloves in '89. 1889. Oh, okay. My, uh, um, I want to think Wisconsin wins this game, but I mean, probably whoever scores the last safety wins. <laughs> okay. I will take Wisconsin. Appalachian State at South Carolina. Carolina is favored by four and a half. App State, it was all right there for you. It was. Until you got Georgia Southern by Georgia Southern. There's something going on in Columbia, by the way, guys. Uh, App State's a good team. They like to, to maybe, move the ball around. Maybe so. they play well when their back's up against the wall, kind of like how Georgia. Um, Come I'm, on, do it. I'm not afraid to take App State here. Then you could use the transitive properties thing yeah. if they beat South Carolina. Yeah. I'm taking South Carolina. I'm going to take App State. I almost went there. I got accepted. I had a roommate, and then I got my Georgia acceptance letter. 
shortly after. So I, I went to Georgia. There's an alternative. And you decide you don't smoke pot. So. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, I don't smoke pot. There's an alternative universe where you are hosting an Apple State podcast. Absolutely, there is. <laughs> yeah, up, in, up, in, up in the hill Wait somewhere. Waiting since next Thursday. Yeah, yeah. Right, exactly. Thursdays. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. All right. Um, Notre Dame has another big game against Duke. Dude. Notre Dame's going to beat their eyes in. Currently, Duke is the team, uh, both uh, both Schleyball and the other guy on ESPN have uh, have the Illinois Bonerga. Quick lane. Yeah. Bonerga. And the quick lane. Uh, but uh, I'll take Notre Dame. Yeah. Uh, all right. In the SEC, Vanderbilt goes to Florida. Florida is favored by 25. That seems too close. It's always good to have that game you can put at the top of the front office pool and feel pretty comfortable yeah, with like, it. Well, I'm getting 10 points today. Yeah. For the people that do that, that is a good game. <laughs> it's because I for always the ones, For the ones that play the game the way that it is constructed to be played. I've got other things to worry about, like editing this thing, than to worry oh, about front office oh, pools. Oh. Well, uh, you guys enjoy making your picks while I'm, <laughs> while I'm getting rid of all of your curse words. <laughs> That's right. All right, uh, and maybe political talk. I don't know. I haven't you said, can cut that out if you want. I don't, I don't ever cut I haven't that said out. in a while. Yeah. All right, uh, Tennessee at Kentucky. Man, this yeah. game. <laughs> Tennessee shows they can't handle a running game, so I'm taking the cats. I was going to say this C-A-T-S, is like. C-A-T-S, cats, cats, cats. I was going to say this is like a rock fight, but it's more like actually throwing pieces of styrofoam at each other. Um, I'm going to go ahead and take Tennessee, actually. I think Lynn Bowden, Georgia, is going to run all over him. So, uh, Lynn I'm Bowden, gonna, Georgia? Well, you correct. Did you intend to say that? Yes. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. So I, I think Kentucky. And plus, uh, there's a little bit of rumors going around Mark Stoops to FSU. I've seen that. I've seen which that. is interesting. Yeah, I don't oh know. God. If I'm Florida State, I, I, I think Stoops has done a fine job with Kentucky. Why would you leave Kentucky? I think you shoot higher if you're Florida State. And, frankly, if you're – I mean, they can get Bob yeah. Stoops if he's willing. yeah. yeah. <laughs> Your Florida State, man. Okay, and then the game of the week that isn't the Georgia game, because obviously that's the game of the week, but the one that everybody's paying attention to. Uh, number one versus number two, LSU at Alabama. Who's number one? LSU is number one, and they're a uh, six-and-a-half-point underdog. Look, this is not out of the blue for me, but I think LSU is more complete team right now. They have, whether two of plays or not, even if two of plays, I feel this way. Uh, we don't know yet whether two of plays uh, because we're recording on Monday. But you had to be totally impressed with the job Ogeron has done staying out of LSU's um, offensive scheming. They have scored a ton of points against some good football teams. Defensively, they do just enough. Frankly, they almost look like mirror images of one another. It's weird that now the SEC East is the defensive side <laughs> in a way that that the SEC West probably is not. It's not to say they have bad defenses over there. I think they have good good defenses. I just think, despite divine divine divinity being kicked off the team today, if LSU, I think LSU wins this football game. I will believe that someone will go into Tuscaloosa and beat them during the regular season. Uh, when I see it, and uh, it feels like you got to have some. Listen, LSU is very exciting, and I think it's funny though because one of the reasons that LSU is so exciting is because the offense usually is not fun, and this year it's fun. So now you're like, okay, wow, they got it all together. But I mean, what you're really saying is like, wow, they finally are kind of resembling Alabama a little bit. But Alabama is still Alabama. Uh, I'm taking Alabama. Okay. Um, now the uh, do I make? I want LSU to win. 
I know you want LSU to win. Who do you think? He's not going to actually change his pick. What I've already I already clicked LSU on my phone, so I'm going to go with them. He has them at a, as a ten. But. I was I was no, already he's got them at two because it's obviously the yeah, game. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. Well, th- this one isn't on it. Yeah, it's not on it. Okay, yeah. I didn't put George. I have him right now. They're at a one so confidence right. point, so that's yeah. probably where they should be. Uh, all right, so uh, Georgia. And Missouri, 7 o'clock, Sanford Stadium. We got the light show again, uh, which will be awesome. That's the main reason my wife's going. I and, say, I'm excited to show that off to my friends. Yeah, uh, and for the all-day tailgate. That's another reason yeah, she's boy. going. Um, oh, quick shout-out before I forget. Oconee County beat North Oconee County yeah, last we did. week. Uh, they won the eight, seven. They won eight quad eight A championship. Yep. Yeah. yeah, that was a fun game. I went to that game. Um, North Oconee was undefeated. They were ranked like seventh in quad yeah. A. Yeah, and, uh, Oconee looked be. really good, played really well. LSU commit, Max Johnson, uh, had a good game. Uh, five interceptions by Oconee County. Really good game. Yeah, and David Weeks' son also yep. stars on that game. Yeah, West Weeks. Yep. All right, so uh, Georgia-Missouri. What do I think about this game? Well, I went and looked back at some of the previous matchups of Georgia-Missouri. Obviously, we mentioned 2013. That was the loss it was a weird score, 41 to 26. 2017 happened, the, the magical run that Georgia had. That was also a weird score, 53 to 28. Last year took place. Georgia won by two touchdowns, but it was 43 to 29. You also remember that weird 9 to 6 game that was in there, or 9 to 3 game. Last back year was in, the Tony Freakout game. Yeah, obviously, obviously. Um, so, you know, what one word came to mind when I started looking at those scores, and it's my new favorite website called Scorigami. And so I looked. To see if those so uh, scores had ever happened in the NFL, and the only one that had happened was uh, when Georgia lost forty-one to twenty-six. So the past two years, Georgia and Missouri scored final scores that have never happened in the history of the NFL. So, having said all that, I think Georgia wins the game. I think it's going to be a similar point total that they scored last week because that's kind of what the offense is showing to do. You know, so I was thinking twenty-four. But that would be too obvious. So I think what's going to happen is there's going to be a safety or some kind of uh, crazy play, and Georgia's going to get to 25. Don't ask me how. That's a hard score to get to. And then Missouri, their kicker was benched because he missed three field goals versus Vanderbilt in Kentucky. So his uh, season percentage is 67. So I'm thinking he's going to miss the two extra points. So the final score, Georgia wins 25 to 12. That was a, that was a journey. Uh, I would say that uh, I think a healthier, better Georgia team wastes Missouri uh, in this game. Um, And I don't think they're going to waste them. This feels like a you're not you don't see quite you're not really going to know until you you play Auburn what direction this is all going to go. This feels like a game you avoid big mistakes you play generally kind of conservatively, uh, and maybe you wear them out. This feels like a pick them up and let them kick their feet until they, until they die game. I'm going to say Georgia 27, Missouri 13. So looking at stats on the season for both teams, uh, but in particular Missouri, Missouri has shown a propensity to get progressively worse as you go through downs, first through third, and also as you go through the game, first quarter, second quarter, third quarter, fourth quarter. Um, which, if you think about it, plays right into what Georgia likes to do, right? They want to wear you out. 
then they want to pound the ball down your throat in the fourth quarter. Um, the thing I keep coming back to is that Missouri has given up um, not many points in the first quarter, 70 points in the second quarter, not many points in the third quarter, 40 points in the fourth quarter, uh, and then have scored progressively less through the game. When you think about how that goes for Georgia, you probably end up in a situation where Georgia is likely to be in a dogfight, at least what we consider a dogfight at mm. halftime. The reality is, is that Georgia's going to be in control of this game. We're going to be able to run the ball. They're going to run the ball. This has all the makings of being a five-drive first half right, right. Uh, where Missouri drives close, tries field goal, maybe makes a field goal. Whatever, Georgia drives down, gets a touchdown. Missouri does the same, makes a field goal, tries for a field goal or whatever. Georgia drives down, make a, 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 a touchdown. So, you know, something like 14 at halftime yeah. that Georgia ends up winning uh, 31 to 14. Yeah. Um, You're not on the same page. Look, look yeah, right. Uh, I'm going to say Georgia covers, not big, but covers enough. Uh, look, the reality is, is Georgia is more talented, they're better coached, and you can say that about Georgia. South Carolina, say that about Kentucky. But in the end, it's hard to look at this game and be objective about it and not see that Georgia is going to be capable of doing what they need to do to impose their will on Missouri at the end of the game, have Missouri like basically hands on their hips wishing the ball game would end. <laughs> that feels like uh, – that sounds about right. I think we are definitely on the same page yeah. uh, in that game. All right, gentlemen. Well, well, that was the well. Uh, thank you to the Hotel Indigo. Yeah, it was awesome. This yeah, is thanks nice. for the hosting. What and was uh, the name of the room? The Riviera Rialto, Rialto, room. Rialto the or Rialto. the Rialto Club. They call it. I've seen it written both ways, yeah. actually. Um, so yeah, thanks for uh, hosting us here, and make sure to go over to uh, our Instagram handle and then their Instagram handle at WSLS Podcast at Indigo Athens. We're only accepting Ant Man. Yes, that's the Ant-Man. bonus entry to DM us. But the, the qualifier is, and it'll be all spelled out, the qualifier is you have to follow both Waiting Since Last Saturday and Indigo Athens in order to qualify for your uh, entries Yep, and everything. So I'm, uh, I'm cool with that. Yeah. And, uh, and I also, we, we got a tweet about Will's um, analogy of drinking liquid that makes you feel different. A lot of people really like that if, uh, when you're talking <laughs> about five points bottles. Um, I felt a little day. bit like we were starting in crazy people too. <laughs> <laughs> I think it resonated with a lot of people out there. We're, what was it again? Uh, so basically what you do <laughs> is, uh, oh, here it is, uh, uh, five points bottle shot. We have a lot of liquids, and if you come in and drink them, you're going to feel different afterwards. You know what's funny? I don't know if they're trying to do this or not, but as... I was listening to that. I Googled El Barrio's website, and they have a tagline where a well-balanced diet is a taco in one hand and a tequila in the other. I thought maybe that was kind of along the same lines. But uh, <laughs> that's, uh, Tequila is one of the beverages at Five Points Bottle Shop where you can drink, and if you drink enough of it, you will feel differently after you drink it. All right, everyone. Uh, uh, let's uh, let's get out there. We only got like like two more of these left, man. Like, there's not a lot of these uh, four home games left. Four. How many we got left? Oh, home yeah, games. Two yeah, home games. Just two yeah. home games. I know. That's what I'm saying. We got Bummer. two of these home games left. I mean, but one of them is practically a home game. 
Yeah, I mean, but it's not tech. I know, but it's not. Yeah. I mean, it is a home game, but like we'll tell you, you it's gonna be a great tailgate. Yeah, yeah. It's gonna be a great tailgate. Yeah. It's gonna feel very fallish because the high is like fifty four on yeah. Saturday. Yeah. So uh, a, lot, a lot of fun. Yeah. And that's the thing is, who knows when Texas A and M could it, maybe Texas A and M's night game? Probably three thirty. Yeah. So. I mean, that has all the makings yeah. of three thirty game. So all right, well, everyone, uh, enjoy the game and uh, go dogs. Go dogs. And thanks so much for listening. Make sure to follow at Indigo Athens and our show at WSLS Podcast on Instagram. Consider that the qualifier for the complimentary night stay at Hotel Indigo. Here are the ways to enter and the official rules. By entering the contest, you agree to the following terms. You must be 18 years of age or older. You need to follow Waiting Since Last Saturday Podcast and Indigo Athens on Instagram. Remember, that's the qualifier. You'll receive one entry by liking the official photo on our podcast Instagram or that same photo over on the Hotel Indigo Athens Instagram post. You'll also receive up to two entries by tagging two friends on either our official Instagram post or Indigo Athens official Instagram post. And you can also gain another entry by sending us at WSLS Podcast a direct message with the secret phrase that we used during the episode. This promotion is in no way sponsored, endorsed, or administered or administered by or associated with Instagram. I think I had to say that. Uh, help us promote this giveaway by using the hashtag WSLS Indigo on Twitter and Instagram. The details on how long the contest will run, it'll run through uh, Sunday, November 10th, and it'll end at 8 p.m. The winner will be announced via Instagram on Monday, November 11th at 4 p.m. And thanks to the Hotel Indigo for collaborating with us on this giveaway. So get ready for a great all-day tailgate in Athens on Saturday leading up to that 7 p.m. kickoff on ESPN. Surely the light show will be in full effect from start to finish. And also, don't forget to stop by our podcast partners, El Barrio, The Root, and The Pine, if you're in five points before or after the game. We love seeing your tweets on what you're ordering and eating and everything you're doing over at those fine establishments. And that'll do it for this episode. We'll see you on campus this weekend. And as always, go dogs.